Hello, listening people. Hello. You're listening to Spin Post Presents Pictures Powwow. I am one of your hosts, Ryan Swinski. And I'm the other host, Bartek. Bartek, how are you? I am good. How are you, Ryan? I'm doing very well. Uh, we're back at it again, hosting our show Pictures Powwow, the show in which we talk about a movie. And uh, I'm excited to talk about movies again. It's been a week or so since we've talked about movies. And uh, just good to get back in the saddle. Uh, Bartek, Pictures Powwow, the show that we're doing. What, what do we do on this show, just for those who aren't initiated into the club, into the powwow? Pictures powwow is where we have a little powwow about pictures, but not like still image pictures, but moving pictures, cinema, movies, as we call them. <laughs> uh, we have a three-week cycle in which one of us, myself, then you, then the listening people, that's you guys listening now, uh, recommend a film, and that is the film that we talk about for the episode. This week, it is a me episode, so we're talking about a film that I picked. And uh, you did pick a film. What was that film? I did, and I was proud of myself. The film that I picked is a Japanese animated film called Wolf Children. And when I look it up online, some places call it Wolf Children Ame and Yuki. So either one works, I guess. That was the title screen that came up on the copy I watched, but I looked for Wolf Children, so it's still the same movie. Yeah. So we are watching Bartek's Choice, Wolf Children, from 2012, if I'm not mistaken. I believe so, yeah. Last episode I asked you what year, and you tentatively said, I don't know, early 2000s, and then it was 2012, and then it was like, oh, early 2010s? <laughs> <laughs> We're very lucky that someone in the call was had Google open. And, uh, yeah, so for the listening people, we are going to be talking about this film in depth. So if you have not seen this film, we will be talking about this in depth with spoilers. So give this film a watch. We are going to also be talking about the the sub version of this, the subtitled version of this with the original Japanese language in mm -hmm. case people are curious as well, because, you know, we have to make that obvious and for people. So we are going to be talking about the 20, uh, 2012 film, uh, Wolf Children. Uh, Bartek, you recommended this film, so I'm imagining you have a history with it. Yeah, a brief one. Uh, so, I had not heard of this film until this one person that I'm Facebook friends with, he lives in America, uh, brought up how much he enjoyed it after watching it. And it was one that I, based on his recommendation, was willing to check out at some point, but I think I delayed on actually watching the film for like a year or two. So I remember it was in December 2018 when I watched this, and I watched it not too long after I watched another animated film uh, from Japan called A Silent Voice, which is that one about the boy who used to bully a deaf girl. Um, mm. so I was kind of in the mood of that, in that month to, you know, check out anime films, I guess. No, those were the two that I saw. Um, and I remember I, I enjoyed, I enjoyed A Silent Voice a bit more. So when I think back on those two, I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, mm. both were good. Both were good, but A Silent Voice was really good. Um, but I decided to go with Wolf Children for this episode because I remember... Yeah, I remember I wanted to give it another chance. Not that I, not that I didn't like it, but I wanted to uh, see it again, just without the the, I guess the influence of the other film I saw. And also, I thought I thought that you guys, you and Rachel, might enjoy it. So <laughs> I wanted to see how you found it. 
So yeah, I don't have a history with this film. I do know about the other film that you mentioned that you watched, uh, A Silent Voice, but I haven't seen that one either. So it's also that thing of like, you chose a film that I haven't heard of as well. Um, Mm -hmm. I haven't heard of this film. I hadn't seen it before. I haven't seen anything from it before like even with some animes or or animated films from foreign lands that i haven't heard of before there's at least an image or character design or an idea that i'm like oh oh i i think i'm familiar with this in some way shape or form like i haven't seen a silent voice but i know about the premise and i and if i saw the character design of like one of the lead characters are like, oh yeah, 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 that's that movie about the deaf girl or whatever. But yeah, this and and I looked up the filmmaker of this, and I'm I am familiar with one or two of his other works whose names escape me, but I'm familiar with like the oh, character sh- designs, and I'm like, oh yeah, 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 I know, I know of this, but this one didn't know a thing, didn't know any image from it or anything other than you said at the end of the last episode we're doing this. And our guest for last episode said, this guy worked on the Digimon movie. So I was like, <laughs> oh, great. We're going to get a Digimon movie level film. Yeah, when I, I checked him out last night just to see what else he'd done. And I've only seen one other film he made, The Girl Who Led Through Time. Ah, right. Yeah. Um, but so I walked into this being like, okay, well, uh, you know, Bartek recommended it. So I'm imagining it will be interesting. And also, this is a newer animated Japanese movies so the level of quality I expect to be a little bit higher than if you recommended one from like the 90s or something not to <laughs> bash older anime films but you know I don't know I'm I'm more familiar with the some of the more newer ones being a bit more of my my taste my lane kind of thing although yeah, Akira yeah, is point. still good <laughs> <laughs> and you know the gym, you know all those things are still good but uh yeah i hadn't seen it and i didn't know anything about it i will say i was turned off when i saw the poster because i had to look this film up like wolf children and the poster i was like yes i don't like the look of this i even you 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 mentioned to me on facebook like is this film as fur baity as the poster and the answer is no yeah I mean, it's I mean, still no, yeah. a film for furries, but... Um, and... oh, they'll definitely get a, a specific something out of it, yeah. But it's not as fur bait as I expected. So just to get into the pitch of this movie, uh, Bartek, how would you best describe the, the, the plot of this movie? What would you be your pitch of it to people? Well, the opening narration says that it's a story about the narrator's mother and her, her uh, I guess, lover... Yes, but uh, it's it's more so about uh, a single mother raising her two children who are half human, half wolf. They are werewolves. Yeah, as the film describes, and yes, it's that's the film. It's just the this the struggle of this mother raising these uh, wolf children. She has to move out of the city and move to the country in Japan, and you know, self sustain you know, fix up the house, make a farm, make friends, decide whether or not the children should, you know, go to school or live as wild animals. And the children are also discovering that about themselves. And it's a film that really explores uh, connection and uh, one's own identity and all these kind of interesting things that we've seen tackled before many a times in movies. But of course, this is an interesting approach in which you have like my children are monster creatures. 
yeah, it's it's uh, it's like a nature versus nurture kind of story, but with the you can say that it's an allegory, like oh, raising two children is like raising two wolves, but it's played straight, as in no, they actually have wolf-like tendencies, and there are some problems with that. Yes. So Bartek, how did you feel about watching it again? I'm actually really surprised at how much I loved it the second time around. Yeah, yeah. What about it really struck home for you this second viewing? I think I think because I knew how it ended, I I had that in the back of my mind as I watched the whole thing, and I was just noticing, you know, little things that are a lot more poignant. Knowing like, oh, oh, because later this this ties into this, and yeah, or just a lot of little things I was noticing as I was watching it. Yeah, I enjoyed it very much. Uh, surprisingly, so I will say the beginning of it um, was a little rough for me. I didn't enjoy the the beginning as much. Uh, a few things just turned me off. Once they got to the country, the film picked up for me. And I think this may be just a first viewing thing. I reckon on a second viewing, I reckon that first a uh, first chunk will 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 be easier to swallow down. But for me, the first little bit of it, uh, I wasn't as engaged. But once I got to the countryside, and actually it felt like, okay, now we're getting to the big juicy story here. You know, this thematic stuff and, and all this yeah, kind of I... thing is where it really picked up for me. Once I left the city, it really picked up. Yeah, I forgot how long we spent with the mother and the father. Like I, In my memory, I remember it being a lot more brief, but there's a good like 20, 25 minutes there, isn't there? Yeah, and I I don't even oppose that. It's just some elements of it. I was like, eh, you know, like okay, um, okay. I'll be honest. His wolf design was fucking ugly. I don't give a shit what the furries <laughs> think or or anime fans. His wolf design was atrocious to look at. And what I mean by that too is there was a point in his transformation when I was like, oh, that's actually really cool. And then he kept transforming and he kept looking ugly and uglier. And I was just like, I don't like this at all. I did not I'm like his design. That. Yeah, but like they had it when he first started transforming and his, uh, his f- you know, his fluffy hood on his jacket started to match like, you know, He's he's made you know his tougher fur around his neck, but then it just kept going, and he turned blue, and it was like okay, and it, and he had like a really snivelly, snouty face, and I I did not like that at all, <laughs> and I was like go off Bartek, and then it was like you know they have sex, we don't see it properly, but I was just like oh Bartek's got me into some furry shit, I don't want I was- this. <laughs> I will say, so after you mentioned the thing about, like, oh, the poster looks fur baby, part of me was kind of like, oh, you'll eat your words when you watch the film. But then when it got to that scene where, you know, they were silhouetted and he was still a wolf and they were lying down, I'm like, oh, God, that's not helping my case. No, but the film doesn't really, in its defense, doesn't really fully cross the line for me of being as fur baby as it could have been. Um, I was expecting a lot more and a lot worse in terms of that, but for me, I wonder what the furries think. God, that's a statement I've never thought of in my life. I wonder what the furries think. Or, 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 or you know, anime, Japanese animated fans, of, of his character design once he's a full-on wolf man. Because I don't know, I just didn't like it, I, and that turned me off at the beginning. I was like, Ugh, I don't, I don't like this. I don't want to see more of this. Thankfully, you know, the other characters that shift into animals and the actual other real animal designs, I thought looked way better, way better than yeah, his one. And it was a real turn off at the beginning. I'm walking in thinking, 
okay, this kind of looks a bit fur baity, and then that happens, and it's great. And not only is it like uncomfortable, uncomfortable for me who's not into furry stuff, but it's also just like it was. I just didn't like the design. I was like, ugh, ugh I don't want to see this for a whole movie. And then thankfully, we don't. Yeah, just to let everyone know, this isn't a film that is like made specifically for furries in mind. It's just like, oh, you think to yourself, oh, furries will get something a little bit different out of this than what the film's really going for. Like, even when he's lying down and there's that silhouetted shot where he's still a wolf, it is played tenderly. It's not played as like, oh, look how hot this is. No, no, no. And there's nothing wrong with uh, furries getting something out of this. It's just, at the beginning, I was like, my brain was like, okay, how much of a fur bait type movie is this going to be? Because I'm not into that. And then his design was really off-putting to look at, especially considering there was transitioning stages for him. And there was a point where I said, I was like, oh, that looks good. And then they just kept going. And I was like, no, stop, stop. And then also you got to think in retrospect, none of the other wolf designs or animal designs looked as bad as his or looked as gross. there There are a lot of times where it almost seems like based on the art style it almost seems like his children sometimes don't even get the fur yeah yeah which is interesting um so yeah i did enjoy this movie overall i thought the beginning was a little bit slow plotting i thought it was a little off-putting visually just specifically for him but also sometimes just to get in some negatives uh the animation could be a little um to be fair, minimalist, let's say, for my taste. When I say that, I mean, I was off. it's off-putting to me when characters have no faces. There was many times in which you saw, like, faraway shots and people would just be oh, walking yeah, that, through the streets or, or even our main characters would just have no face. And I just... And, and, but it felt inconsistent. I felt like sometimes they would have faces and sometimes they wouldn't. Like, there was, a sh- there was these shots of her during what was a Christmassy time and near the shops and all these characters from far away had faces but then within the same sequence they would cut to a different angle or something and then they wouldn't have faces and I would just be like commit to one or the other either commit to when you have a far away shot or distance shots or whatever you don't want to animate any any faces on their heads make them blank or animate faces I didn't like the switching between the two it kind of just threw me off and I was noticing it made me notice the animation instead of admire it that's mm. all I don't know yeah, if there, you I had that problem were, um it, it's a thing that I'm kind of used to but I remember it was a bit weird with the 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 father especially because mm. um, at first I thought that that was a thing that they were going for, which this this kind of thing is used for, like not really knowing what this guy is about. Um, but as as we get spend more time with him, what little time we do get, we learn who he is, and therefore we we see his face a bit more. But it, it just mm. felt like it wasn't as poignant when we really started seeing his face. I feel like for the most part, we either got that distant, you know, minimalistic face uh, reveal thing. Uh, and when we didn't get that, we got, like, half his face. But then when we see his full face, it wasn't, like, you know, a big deal or anything like that. No, no. Um. So what about it the first time didn't ring with you, like, as strongly? And what about it the second time has? Is there is there anything specifically in the movie, any details or any specific things that you just didn't enjoy or didn't care for as much in this first viewing? And did those things go away in the second viewing or some of those still there? I think I really re- misrepresented my first viewing. I did enjoy the film. It was just pretty much 
oh, I enjoyed that other film more. So this film's mm. good, but this film that I saw recently also, I just think about a bit more. Mm. Um, so yeah, seeing it on its own this time, uh, having the the advantage of knowing how it ends, where it goes, and all the little things was was really good. Um, that's that's the main gist of my differences between first and second viewing. I think even. There was a thing later in the film that on my first viewing I was a bit iffy on, but this time I completely didn't notice until I was reading up online about it. Um, so yeah, I think I was just way more into the film this time. Yeah, and what was that thing that you were mentioning? Uh, it's it's a plot-related thing. It, it's basically... This is really jumping to the end, but um, I remember the first time the, the second-last interaction between the two siblings was a fight... And then the very last interaction was a very, like, throwaway, hey, see you later kind of thing. Mm. It just felt like, because of how dramatic um, the the you know, the ending of the, the Sun character was, it felt like it was a bit weird that the narrator character didn't really get a proper final scene with them. Right. Um, but this time, that kind of went over my head. Yeah, for me, just to touch on that, I, I, I knew what the, when their final scene was happening, that it would be the final one, because he wanted her to stay home, and yeah. so he could fuck off and, you know, whatever. But then she was just like, nah, I'm going to school, bye! And I was like, yeah, that's the final time they'll see each other. Um, mm. Yeah, although I've talked about some animation, or, you know, character design or animation things that I didn't like, I did like this movie's animation style i liked its animation in general it felt very um a good mixture of of eastern and western animation kind of thing where there's a bit of a stiffness but also a bit of a fluidity in this as well um yeah i know know that with um tokyo godfathers and the con stuff like that stuff is like super fluid whereas this one used it a bit more sparingly, the fluidity. But I felt like it used it in the right moments, specifically when they were running around being animals. I like those first-person perspective shots, those POV shots of them running down hills and up mountains, and those are really good. The snow sequence was really great. Yeah, yeah, the snow sequence. Um, Every now and then, uh, I was a bit hit or miss on when they would implement kind of 3D animation into the film. It was only sparingly here and there, but sometimes I noticed it, sometimes I didn't. So it was kind of hit or miss. There was mm-hmm. like a truck sequence where the dad, when he was alive, was driving his truck, like pulling it out, and it was very much a 3D truck in a 2D animated space. <laughs> but okay. I've seen that. We've seen this before in in, in things. Um and it worked more often than it didn't. And I just like the character designs. Um, the human characters, the animal characters, the, the you know, the midway points, you know, the half animal, half human designs. Uh, I really did like him. I, I, I like the simplicity. I like the kind of um, doughy, rounded features of the faces of the human characters, like the mother and and, and when they were kids especially. There's always that mm. cute design that... Uh, that Japanese animation has for babies and toddlers that is just, you know, yeah, you just they, want to grab their cheeks and they're very there's a cute. Word, there's a word for it. I, I think it's, I think it's like something like puny plush, like P-U-N-I plush. I was just going to call them cutie. They're just cute. Yeah. They're cute. I mean, it's, it's they're cute. It's, yeah. Puny plush tends to be used for cuter stuff. Yeah. 
and I I did enjoy that. Um, I yeah, I enjoyed the weather animation as well. I thought the snow and the rain and all of that looked really good as well. Sometimes in in Japanese animated movies, it can be a little too much. Like I like Tokyo Godfathers, but the snow sometimes could be a little bit noticeable. Like I'm noticing that it's animated sometimes, but in this, it felt very just a part of it all. You know, you know what's going. You, know, you know what snow and rain are in Japanese, right? No, do tell. Ame and Yuki. Ah, uh, yeah. The way around, yeah. Yeah, no, I did read that actually. You're right, and um. I I enjoyed the you know all the plants and the grass and her crop and all of that stuff was really good. I especially enjoyed just talking about the animation of weather and stuff like at the very end when you know he's on the on the mountaintop howling and you get like that you know that 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 sunrise shot where the sun's mm-hmm. peeking over the mountains and it's like that looked really great. Very Japanese animated but also very good. Um, yeah, I, I fell in love with this movie more than I expected to, honestly, because, yeah, like I said, I think the poster is still god-awful to look at, by the way. I, I think it doesn't do this film any justice. Uh, <laughs> if you look at that poster right now, it is, I don't know, after seeing the movie, like, it does represent it, but I don't know, I just didn't, it, I, don't, I do not like that poster. <laughs> the kid's animation looks weirder than it does in the film. Uh, design, not animation. No, they're, they're de- yeah. yeah, their design looks weirder than it does in the film, I think. Posters are inanimate. Unless they're holograms. Unless um, it's the future. Unless you have those posters. What are they? What is that? What is that called when when you move to and from and there's like the image looks like it's moving, you know? Um, oh, is that that thing when you scratch it, it makes like that thing? Yes, that's a great way to describe that. Yeah. <laughs> I have no idea what that's called. I'm going to call them whatever that is called, a Tarzo, because I remember Tarzos having those effects on mm. them. They're a very specific Australian th- thing, Tarzos. I don't know what they're called, but I know what puny plush is. Um, so yeah, this film has a lot going for it more than I expected. I really did get drawn into these characters, their worlds. Um, I think I was more invested in the mother and daughter than the son, but I think that's kind of the point on a level, I don't know if you're supposed to be as emotionally invested in the son in comparison to those two, because he's I'm pretty sure, distant. I'm pretty sure it's yeah. I'm pretty sure it's meant to be a thing of like. I mean, obviously, there's a big thing in this film. It's like wolf versus human, but it's it's inevitable that the people that are watching it are human, and mm-hmm. to an extent, you just have to accept that. Like, the films establish that these two children are allowed to choose their own path between wolf and human. We can understand the human part, but with the wolf part, we just kind of have to accept that, you know, this is, this is who he is. He's the one that really has to understand this. Yeah. I, I did find it interesting. Now I'm not a wolf expert, Bartek. I don't claim to be. I've only watched Hangover 1 and 2, so I only know a little bit about wolf packs, but mm-hmm. Am I wrong? Or I thought wolves. I know they have packs as well, but uh, weren't wolves also like solitary animals? Aren't they? Well, there is that term, lone wolf. Yeah, I thought that because in this movie, it's very much like, oh, wolves. You know, they don't like being alone. They like, like, he doesn't like being alone as a wolf. He's very upset that 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 wolf's lonely. And when I thought of wolves, I'm like, lonely is the <laughs> word I would use to describe a wolf. Honestly, lone wolf. But I know they have wolf packs, so maybe a wolf expert will tell us that we're wrong and that wolves just love being sociable animals and they just love hanging out with foxes 
and and that kind of thing and bears and they just love hanging out with animals and chilling out not just solitary hunters that like to be alone and just hunt and be alone maybe i'm wrong but uh that was an interesting thing i noticed in this movie as well like i like when you get told they're werewolves bartek we understand certain things about werewolves every kind of culture every every where every piece of fiction always has different rules for the mythos of vampires werewolves zombies all that i really did like the how werewolves were in this movie like how they can transform into three different stages like the typical werewolf where you're half man half wolf monster thing your human phase and just a wolf phase i like that i thought that was cool yeah, and, and the film acknowledges the whole, like, werewolves in, in popular culture thing with um when, when Ahmed's reading the book and he's, like, really bothered by the fact that the thing that he is is always represented as being the bad guy. Yeah, the big bad wolf. Yeah, yeah. yeah he's Wreck-It Ralph. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, this did come around the same time as Wreck-It Ralph, yeah? Oh, shit, it did, yeah. So who's ripping off who? Hmm? I don't know. Oh, Japan or America? I think we can blame Disney. <laughs> <laughs> this film did did miss a trick of not having video game characters, though, Bartek. So, got to deduct a point on that one. But oh, no. Wreck-It Ralph did... It's not Sonic. Yeah, Wreck-It Ralph did not have enough fur bait in it, though. So, I've got to deduct a point off that. <laughs> well, yeah, Sonic did have a cameo in the first one. All least. right, so ten points to, to Wreck-It Ralph. Oh, and, no, and, I'm making a case against wolf children. And an Oscar as well. <laughs> um, yeah, this film was very, very solid, Bartek. I, I was just like, this is a this is a solid film. Uh, did you have any negatives on this viewing of it at all? That still linger or anything that popped up for you? Um, honestly, not really. I was thinking about it last night and I was just really into it. Yeah. Yeah, I was thinking about it too. Other than just some animation, uh, like some character designs and animation stuff that I was like, eh, not big into. Overall, I did not have m- many, if any, flaws. I think a flaw that I did have was sometimes I wish that we didn't have to rely on um, narration um, as much. I know why it's there. I mean, there's always a reason why it's in, in, in movies and stories, but I felt like I could have used more visual storytelling because this film did a really good job of visual storytelling in certain moments to really emphasize things that the narration didn't need to do and uh like i really love that sequence where we see them aging by the classrooms you know, we see i was about to say yeah that and i want more of that kind of thing or there's that montage of her being a single mum and raising him and they're like biting on the furniture and all that kind of crazy stuff i like that more so than her narrating this thing and saying stuff like then after that day my brother was never the same i could have done without us being told specific stuff like that for my own being i understand why it's there um but for myself for a little bit too exposition heavy in points i would have liked to have seen the brother change through the narrative instead of us being explicitly told that he has changed and now we the audience are noticing it yeah, and even at that moment when she brought it up, we literally just did see a sort of change in him. So it was already, you know, being set up within three seconds of her bringing it up. Yeah, yeah. But other than that, I thought it was great. I love the final song during the credits. I'm not really oh, yeah. big into 
Japanese songs and things, especially when we do get into Japanese animated stuff. When it comes to musical numbers or songs, I'm not as big into them. But I really did like it. I thought it was really great and emotional. Yeah, I hadn't thought about that since my first viewing, but then when it started, or at least when it got a few seconds in, I was like, oh my god, I remember this from my first viewing. Yeah, it was really good. Um, what were some things that you really enjoyed about it on this viewing? Any particular scenes or characters or, or, or ideas that were explored? Um, I guess one thing I've forgotten to mention is that I'm just in general very big on like single parenthood kind of stories, so... That, on its own, in this film, really, really got to me. Um, I remember one one animated moment that I really liked was um, early in the part where, sh where Yuki was old enough to, like, move around and talk, there was one, just one single shot where she was, like, climbing up the, the drawers mm. behind the mum, and just the whole animation of her noticing the drawers, catching it, and then noticing the other drawer that she isn't holding down coming out and catching that. I remember I really enjoyed that shot. Yeah, that was the sequence I really enjoyed too, that whole montage of, of, of her being a mum and, and the daughter being like nearly killing herself multiple times and and all of that and all harming herself multiple times was really enjoyable. Um I was really surprised too because um, when I, you know, we've only talked about anime or animated Japanese animated films a few times and we've only watched one on this show and that one was way more of a comedy. This one doesn't really have any comedy in it. It has moments of levity, but overall it's a pretty serious film. Would you agree? Uh, yeah, it's, it's still... As serious as it does get, there's a lot of light-hearted stuff, and I will admit one of its comedy moments was I, I quite liked when um when Yuki got sick and she didn't know whether to run to the pediatrician or the veterinarian. Thank you, because I was struggling last night if this was that was supposed to be funny or not because it's done in that very see as I'm not as 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 familiarized with with anime or Japanese animated films or, or the comedy sensibilities, it was done so po-faced and serious that I didn't know if I was supposed to be laughing or not at that. I thought it was very, very <laughs> funny, but I could also see a serious, you know, animated film doing that seriously and thinking that it was really clever. And I wasn't too sure if it thought it was clever or thought it was as silly as I did. I, but I feel like if we didn't get the cuts between like, oh, now I'm on the phone with you, now I'm on the phone with you, then it would have been serious. Like if we saw that all in real time. Yeah. Maybe then it would have been much more serious, but the cuts I think made it funny. And also the fact that in the end she was fine. Yeah, she was fine, luckily. Um, <laughs> I really liked the whole I see you're into the single parent thing I'm really into people who uh have to uh make their own living or way in the world kind of thing and this tickled that bone especially once they move to the country and you have the whole green acres lifestyle thing in which they have to fix up the house fix up the land figure out yeah, how to great. plant food and self-sustain, make friends with the community, um, f you know, be friendly, you know, the dynamic between her and the and the old man, which another weakness of the film is I kind of wish that there was more with him. It kind of felt like, they, I don't know, it just kind of felt like he just was, oh, okay, yeah, we had that scene where they laughed together, where, he, where she's laughing at him, and that's kind of it. Like, oh, we're done now. 
yeah, I seem to remember a bit more of him from the first viewing, but yeah, it was it was really just two or three moments, really. Yeah, and they set him up ominously because he has a history of tormenting the people who have lived at that house before. It seems like, oh, don't be mean to these people like you were the previous people. It's like, okay. Yeah, I couldn't tell if that was a thing of, like, this this one resident is different or if people just, like, kind of misunderstood him, but I, I guess... I guess they're pretty straight-faced about everything else, so I, I don't know. Mm. But I, I, I love that kind of stuff. I love the the city people being forced to go the country thing as well. I love the self-sustaining. It's just you know discovering oneself in and you know making your own new world and identity kind of thing was really well done. And that obviously gets explored with how the children grow up and how they figure out what lifestyles they are as well. I mean, it was very nice that the kids flipped because yeah. she was all about being a wolf and being crazy, but then she becomes more and more and more like, I just want to be a human and, and obey societal rules and have a boyfriend and go to school and have friends and all of that stuff. And, and the son just being like, I, I can't be bothered with that. I'm just going to hang out with a fox and live in the mountains and be the king of the forest. And that was really neat. I enjoyed the, the, the flipping of the characters, and it feels just true to life sometimes, you know? The kids grow up to be very different to how they were as little kids, and it, it was really done very maturely as well, which I found very refreshing, because I thought this was going to be a bit more of a silly movie at points, but overall it was a lot more serious in, in nature. Yes, especially after the classroom thing. Yeah, yeah. He was a fun character, a new kid, boy, <laughs> with his cut-up <laughs> ear. Yeah. He was fun. I, I, I wish there was kind of more of him, but I understand why there isn't. That's the thing. Like, this movie, weirdly enough, I felt it was a l very slow-paced in a good way, but at the same time, I kind of just wished that we got more of it because I really did enjoy this world, these characters, this town, the school, all of these things, and yeah, it was it's, great. Yeah, it's a kind of... Th it's a kind of notion that I've seen in some Japanese works when they're over it. And obviously this is a film that we didn't have the director or the writer saying it or anything. Um, but there's this kind of attitude that like the, fi the film or the work is over, but these characters' lives will go on. Yeah, yeah. Uh, now, Bartek, here's things I will say that I'm so fucking glad did not happen in the movie. So here's my little section of things that I expected to happen and I'm glad they didn't because if this movie was dumber, these things would have happened. One, I'm glad that, like I said, it wasn't a movie just for the furries. I was really worried about that. But two, I was really worried that we were going to get the old liar revealed moment, you know? I was worried that the townsfolk were going to find out that they're werewolves and then you're going to have Right. drama about that because they do set things up like that you know there is a setup of what happens if people find out and will it be negative kind of connotations but really they don't bother exploring that and i'm happy about that this is just a quiet tale a quiet story and exploration about being a single parent and and the children's journeys of discovering themselves. And I was really worried that they were going to amp up the drama by having conflict being really forced in there, by having this, you know, these supernatural elements of, of being yeah, a werewolf even, being clashed against the townsfolk who are so nice until they yeah, aren't. Even, yeah, even, even better than not doing it is the film 
took its time to prevent that from happening. Yeah, yeah. I, With I, the mother's determination. Yeah, but I was just really worried that you're going to have that moment where the townsfolk want to, like, attack them and burn down their farm or shit like that and turn and they're like, they're monsters, they're wolves, because they also react to the idea of wolves being around as a scary thing in general. So there was these little seeds that they could have watered and made blossom into a very explosive, high-octane, ooh, drama, but... Honestly, I was very happy that they didn't do that. I was also worried that them as wolves, one of them was going to get shot by a farmer. I was worried about that. Ah, mortality, yeah. Yeah, I was worried that you're going to get that kind of thing. Or that classic scene of, oh no, my foot got stuck in a bear trap or something, or a rabbit trap. Oh no, and you have to help me. I was worried that we're going to get little things like that. These these really dumb, tropey cliche type things that you see with these kinds of ideas I was really worried that we were going to get a lot of that and I was so pleased that we didn't and I was worried that that the boy at school was going to be just the bully antagonist character who's like I know what you did but I was really happy that he wasn't that and he matured and he became a became a love interest character I was really happy with that these are things it's just like things that you expect to happen and they don't happen and it's really great because at the moment I've been watching a lot of media we've been talking about things on the show and and on and off the air and whatnot in which there's been a lot of oh I think this is this dumb thing will happen and then the dumb thing did happen it's just disappointing well in this none of the dumb things really did happen it was great I just have to commend yeah, it <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is very good about the film. Um, I'm trying to think what else there is I want to talk about with this. Because this was just a solid film. It'll be one I wouldn't want to watch again anytime soon, though. Because mm. it is just such a quiet, sweet-natured film about very specific things that you want to leave yeah, it for I a I gave it a years. year and a half. Yeah. Um, anything you want to bring up about it? Anything you want to talk about? I think it'd just be all, like, little moments. Like, I remember I really liked the fact that when we were learning about the father, we learned that um, you know, he, cho he, he chose that he wanted to live more as a human, and one of the big steps that he took towards doing that was getting his driver's license. Mm. And then after he was gone, in place of, like, a family photo, that driver's license was the main representation that the children grew up on regarding him. I thought that was a really nice little touch. Um, and yeah, and there was just a bunch of little things like uh, the road in front of the the, mm. the countryside house, how you learn through the visual language that, oh, going left takes you to school, going right takes you to the forest. And yeah. you see little moments like that where the son wants to go one way, but he's been forced to go to the other. And then there are moments where like, no, he's definitely going right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You get a good idea of the the layout and the geography of things. is It's always very satisfying when you do get that. I I um I was thinking about while while watching this film, would this be a film that you could get um non anime non Japanese film related people into like could you show this to normal mm. people or the plebs or the normies or whatever you want to call them just just your average joe who hasn't watched an anime or hasn't seen anything really from japan would this be one that you could show them i'm not too sure i think it's still a little not i don't know 
it's a little weird, but I don't know. What do you think? I was thinking similarly, like um, a more age demographic kind of thing. I feel like this would work for pretty much any age demographic. I feel like it's, you know, mature enough, but also lighthearted enough and things like that. Um, what what do you think would would turn off people that don't like anime about it? Because I think it's fairly hits some fairly typical notes. Well, one, um, you got the weird m- mysticism, mystical, supernatural, their wolf children thing that can turn people off. Uh, I think we're more accustomed to, but there is a very specific pacing style that comes from anime and Japanese-related media that is very slow and meandering that people could get turned off by. You know, you got to mm-hmm. consider that because this is a very slow film where, you know, there's not really a plot. You know, there is plot elements, but you wouldn't say, like, it's the most plot-heavy it thing. It's just kind of an atmospheric exploration character piece. Yeah, it, fall, it falls under the anime slice-of-life genre, for sure. Yeah. For the most part. And that can be a little bit harder to swallow for people, even those kind of slice-of-life things for, for, for from the West are hard to swallow for people, let alone... The kind of Japanese slice of life kind of thing. That's kind of thing. And, you know, I think we really do, we really can't undersell the fact that um, this film is just, um, it is very Japanese still. It is, and sometimes people can get thrown off by, you know, different cultures, kind of film styles or storytelling styles. This film really does emanate this very Japanese feel to it, which I appreciate, but I'm just not too sure about all of these elements combined, if it's the easiest one to get someone into, is what I'm curious of. But I'm also not too sure what is, because I'm wrong with these things. Like, I look at a Studio Ghibli movie, and I'm just like, I don't know how so many just non-anime fans or non-Japanese related media fans can swallow these as easily as but they can't swallow other stuff as easily the like the studio ghibli films are very japanese and very slow pacing very weird and odd but it seems like they've got a lot more mainstream appeal because they're very well known is that it is that the reason i don't know uh, they're definitely a definite they're definitely a lot more marketed um and i know that a lot of people end up seeing them dubbed and they get like very big names for those films yeah um, I don't know. I still feel like Wolf Children might might make it. I feel like the heart of the film might still, you know, engage people. Yeah, I think that first act will turn people off a bit. It did me a little. I will be honest. Yeah, um, yes. But if you push through, it's it's there, and it's not a long movie. It's just under two hours. Although it does feel a little over two hours. The pacing is that kind of slow plotting pace which I don't mind it just did feel a little long but at the same time like I said I was so engrossed that I did want to see more of these people so there's that to be said uh I'm trying to think of what else there is to mention because it's just solid film there's like little moments that I really enjoyed but anything that you want to explore or talk about that is deeper about this movie any thematic stuff or questions that linger in your brain after having watched it Um, I don't know. I, th- I feel like I really understood the film when I was watching it. I, I, I guess at the end when when Hana was saying, oh, by the way, mm. this is another Japanese animated film we've done where there's a character named Hana who either wants to be a mother or is a mother. 
True, true. Hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, at the end when Hana says bye to her son Ame, um, it's it's played very much as just like, you know, desperate, I don't want to say goodbye thing, but then once he's moving, she she does kind of accept it. I felt, I felt like that was fairly powerful because throughout the whole film, we saw her as being this like very strong, determined mother character who, um, who... I guess in terms of looking at it as a human versus wolf, she's rather progressive. She doesn't have a problem with wolves. She likes them. Um, and she understands that, you know, because her children are half wolves, there's this struggle of, like, how do you turn a wolf child into a wolf adult? Um, and she takes that seriously throughout the whole film. But then when she's faced with the challenge of one of my children actually wants to become a wolf adult, and in fact is a adult by wolf standards he's 10 years old she kind of has to immediately realize um you know i have to let him go but she still wants to be a mother she still has her you know human side saying this is a 10 year old they still have to stay with me um so i guess in terms of interpreting that ending scene where she does accept it it's this kind of moment where you think back to the old man asking her um you know, why do you keep smiling through everything? Is is she putting on a front for the son? Because when she tells him not to go, he turns around, like, shocked, like, oh, should I stay? Or is it a thing of, like, she has accepted it at that moment? Mm. If that makes no, sense. No, no, it does make sense. Yeah, yeah, this film, it did tug at the heartstrings more than I was expecting, and that is the high praise I'll give it. I, I was walking in with no real expectations other than the poster turned me off and the first act was a little bit like Ugh. but uh not really it wasn't that bad but it was a little bit slow a little bit not my 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 tempo as whiplash would say uh so far like you're more into anime as we've said for people who did enjoy this movie are there similar movies or movies that you could see being something you would accompany with this that you would recommend or, or say this is worth checking out? Like, if you like wolf children, you may be interested in this. Is there anything that pops to mind? In terms of anime films, again, I've seen more anime shows than films. It's it's still a, a, you know, a medium style that I want to explore a bit more. So I'm not really off the top of my head in terms of movies, no. Any shows? Any shows? There are a shitload of slice-of-life shows, but in terms of one like this, um, I'd have to think about it. Uh, we'll put it on the social medias, I'm sure. Bartek's recommendations, and it'll be like a little picture of you <laughs> and like a pie chart of like how much of a percentage you would pair this piece of media with this piece of media. Like, yeah, I'd, I'd say that. <laughs> Um, this goes well with a pinch of this. Uh, I'll, sl I'll narrow it down for you, Bartek. A slice of life Japanese animated thing that takes place in, ooh, let's say a school. Does that help narrow it down? <laughs> oh, right, that one, that one. Right, how could I forget? Yeah, it is like that. I will say, yeah, one more thing is, um, I don't normally, uh, I don't normally cry at films. Hmm. No. You don't. Uh, in fact, I, when it comes to me and crying at media, it tends to be more of a thing of like, did it make my eyes water? Yeah. Um, you know, did did I actually shed a tear? I'd have to say that this is probably the first thing that's made me shed a tear the two times I've watched it. At what point, or was it different for each viewing? It, 
it was actually different for both viewings, but they were both at the end. So I remember the first time it was when the sun was going away. Mm. Um, when I was watching it this second time round, it didn't happen. I'm like, ah, uh, yeah, I guess it doesn't happen a second time. But then in the very next scene, when the narration shows the um the photo of middle school uh middle school Yuki and her mother next to her, and she says something like um you know I always love her smile. I think that got me. Yeah. I unfortunately did not shed any tears, but I felt very emotional overall. I did like the fact that the dad just died like like an animal. <laughs> like they just have yeah. his body and put it in a bag. He was hunting the pheasants or whatever it was for uh I did find that very interesting. Like although he chose human side, it felt like he had more of an uncontrollable werewolfism thing going on than the kids ever did. It seems like the kids could control it more, but it seems like the dad had like much more of an animal instinct that he just had to unleash more often than like the kids who chose one side or the other. Um Yeah, yeah, there's a big uh, nature versus nurture thing going on, but with the kids, it's more so the fact that, you know, they're kids, they're not, uh, I guess, emotionally in control as much. Like, you know, when they get angry or upset, they'll, like, grow their wolf features and have to be told, like, no, 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 turn it off. <laughs> yeah, I do love, um, after you're 12 years old, you don't need parents anymore, basically. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? <laughs> I know that's true in places where there's boarding schools and whatnot, but there was, that was very amusing to me. It was like, and she did a good job raising me those 12 years, that mother of mine. Like, that's where it felt like the mothering stopped there. Then she was just like a <laughs> colleague that I have. No, I'm joking around, of course. But, um, yeah, this is, no, it is, funny, this is yeah. worth a watch, um, definitely. Uh, a lot more. And I'm keen to check out this guy's other, other works. I'm a bit more familiar um, with character yeah. designs or some ideas from some of the others. There's one with like a red monster guy, I think, that I'm a little bit more familiar with. But uh, I'd have to look at him again. But definitely keen to check out this guy's stuff. The Digimon movie, I definitely have to check it out. <laughs> I've never watched anything Digimon. I have checked out um, The Girl Who Leapt Through Time. I remember that was a nice film. That was also a little bit slow-paced, but also kind of slice of life-y. Not, not a time travel movie? <laughs> well, it is a time travel film, and she literally times travels by leaping. Um, She's a quantum leap, yes. <laughs> it's it's literal, Ryan. She like jumps out of her window, and then she time travels. Nice. Alright, I think that's all we've got to say about this one. Short and sweet and to the point, but that was, you know, that you know Yeah. What did go- what did um what did your wife think, Ryan? She was very similar to me. She 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 um she enjoyed it very much too. She also didn't like the wolf design at the beginning. She was like, Ugh, Bartek's <laughs> got us into some furry shit, hasn't he? Like she just shook her head. She was a lot more downbeat about going into the movie than I was. Um, but she really enjoyed it overall as well. Um, okay. she, she got mostly engaged. She, she reacted. She didn't cry, but she did a lot of, <gasps> and oh no, kind of reactions to it. So I know. one of, one of my big reasons for picking it was I've noticed that she's not a big fan of some of the films that I pick. So I thought like, oh, I think she'll like this one. <laughs> you pushed it though, didn't you? Cause you're like, she's not a real big fan of some of the films I pick. I'll give her the one where it's about a wolf that fucks this woman and makes her pregnant with wolf baby. <laughs> That seems like a tame right, film that's for only her. the first hour and a half. <laughs> so, Bartek, it's my recommendation for next episode if you're ready for that. I'll allow it. Good, that's a line I usually say. Um, so, we've been having films that we, we like, 
too often, it feels. I think it's time to do a film good. that we don't... Well... No, no, no. I mean, good that you're... What you're about to say, that we're... That we don't like. Well, don't like is maybe not the right word. A film that isn't good is what I'm going to state. It's been yes. one that I've mentioned a bunch to you, Bartek, but I've been putting it off, putting it off, putting it off because I wanted to do it with a guest and this, this, but I, I can't wait any longer. We've got to talk about The Snowman, the Michael Fassbender <laughs> film, The Snowman. We've got to talk about The Snowman. We've got to talk about it now. Oh, yeah. We've got to talk about The Snowman next episode. I know. I need to. F- I need to finally watch it fully away. Yes. Uh, don't spoil too much about your history. That's for next week. Um, <laughs> so we'll be doing the. Was it two thousand? I want to say eighteen film. I want to say eighteen or seventeen film. The Snowman, starring Michael Fassbender, directed by Tinker Taylor Soldier Spy himself, whoever that guy was. Um, we will be watching that. Um, find a copy of it. Watch it. You'll see why we want to talk about it. If you haven't seen it before, don't look anything up. Just watch the film and you'll see why Speaking we... Speaking of looking it up, 2017. Yeah, you'll see why we chose it. Uh, <laughs> it's um, a film, or is it? Question mark. Uh, so we'll be talking about that. Um, I'm very excited. I've been thinking about... like t- This episode, I was like, oh, what am I going to pitch at the end what film do i want because i had a list and i'm like i don't know what one and i've just been noticing we've been covering films that we we like a lot like one of us enjoys or whatever but this is kind of one we both agree like ah it's not good is what we definitely agree on but whether we like it or not we'll see on this second viewing or on this third or fourth that is a good question so, do, do i like it yeah. do i like it so, uh, yeah, listening people, that is our episode. You can find us on the social medias of Facebook and Twitter. Just type Spit and Polish Presents and you shall find us pretty easily. You can also find us on any podcatcher available. Hey, while you're there on a podcatcher, why don't you rate and review us on whatever ones allow it? It's always very greatly appreciated. If you have any thoughts or views or things you want to express to us about films that we have discussed, or, heck, films you may want us to even cover, suggestions, you can easily email us at spitandpolished at gmail.com. All of this info is in the description of this episode in case you are like, what was that email again? Spitandpolished at gmail.com? What was that? Twitter? Um, yes, we uh, have that all in the description, so make sure to snuggle up with your loved ones, watch The Snowman for next episode so that you can be fully prepped for our discussion on it. Uh, Bartek, any parting words of wisdom you want to bestow onto the people, the listening people, other than remember to be kind to each other? Words of wisdom. Um... As much as the film, you know, glossed over it, maybe don't fuck wolves. <laughs>